it's it's general question answer session today and i have not got any request for the the last video which i uploaded because it is self you know satisfying i don't think there will be any question in that it's just a translation so but questions generally from the chapter 6 or advaita in general other upanishads thought that today we can use it as a question answer session and namaste bindu ji namaste everybody bindu ji i had sent my uh, observation through the back channel to you actually i don't know you didn't get a chance to see it i think i didn't get anything i don't remember having seen i i sent it uh, and in that i had put a query about uh, you know the very first shloka which uh, adi shankara has uh, as explained you know that acts which is so hot and uh, the person telling the truth is protected the other person gets his hands burned mm. so there uh, adi shankara goes on to say that someone who is uh, a gyani who is in the truth he mm. is protected in the sense that uh, he clearly says that there is no rebirth for him right there is absolutely no rebirth he he is liberated whereas the agyani has to undergo the rebirth right right uh, so the question right. really is that uh, the question really is that if uh, if uh, brahman is all there is and that is that is only there that alone is there mm. so so what can be what can be born reborn i mean this becomes a little bit of a Uh, mystery does it really and should Absolutely. it depend on someone's you know uh, whether he is in gyana or agyana uh, you know that this 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 is a little bit of a confusing thing for me um good how do you explain the the, the rebirth which shankara has spoken of yeah in fact this was the question i was expecting if those who have really gone through that would have asked this question i'm happy we know you asked me this question okay uh while explaining it yesterday and not in the last class i mentioned about it there was a technology or a or a system of agni parisha which was which is there mentioned in the mythology appears to be that that was a system in which the tests were done once upon a time and how how they were able to do it is still a question mark because prakrute ranyato bhavo na kadanchit bhavishyati it is never that the fire will not burn but there are mentioning of mani mantra aushadadina that certain jewel mantra and aushada these can ward of pratirodham means by creating a boundary or a border between the fire and the contacting object they can protect fire from burning but fire will any time burn anybody so as far as the burning axe is concerned there is no doubt it will burn whoever touches it unless he has been protected by something now in this example the the protection is from the adherence to to the truth here means here the truth is standing for the brahman tat 
indicating of the truth of thing now i told that this i would rather to see it from a practical point of view of approach to philosophy rather than the literal meaning of the burning axe and uh, touching that the burning axe is representing representing for the burning nature of mundane life whoever gets indulged in the burning mundane life they get exhausted they get burned down or they get destroyed in the process of trying to achieve in the ordinary life a jnani who has understood the truth is by default becomes a vairagi or a withdrawn person from the attractions of the world because he sees that there is no separatedness and the attractions are the qualities on the name and the form in reality what is the truth is known to him now the the one who knows the truth if you really look what is the truth na jayate mriyate va kadachit ajaraha amaraha amrutam these are the definitions for the truth if that is your nature there is no birth for you no jara for you no maranam for you no death for you so the one who has understood his real nature he is beyond the limitations of the body and he identifies himself as the one which has no birth or death or decay that way he has no coming back na punaravartate this is what geeta also said the krishna told to arjuna these type of people do not come back to this world again because they have known the truth the knowing the truth is that there is no birth at all it is not that there is a coming back and it is stopped somewhere see there are two ways the punaravarti or the rebirth doesn't happen one is by prohibition of coming back or by knowing that there is such a thing called birth and death in reality the the knower of the knower of the truth is the one who knows that ajaraha amaraha ajavo nitya shashvatoyam all these aspects which have been mentioned in the different shrutis is my nature and there is no birth not even this birth so what to talk about the next birth or the birth to come till now i thought i had many births because i did not know my reality now if that is the situation what is the status of a atnyani or one who has not understood the truth is that he is still in the delusion that he has got a body he is a birth and his karma 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 phala and those things will lead to again punarjanma you know chine punye mrtyalogam vishanti all those things are the belief of those people who are not on the truth so the truth how does it protect from the burning nature of the mundane life when you know the truth that you are not the one which is separate from that you are part and parcel and there is nothing different from it he doesn't get attracted by that those who get attracted 
they think I am a human being, the other is an animal, birds, fries, trees, and these kami karmas or when the depending upon the karma pala, I may be born as an animal or a human being or a devata or a, or a, you know insignificant creatures. So those who believe in that, not knowing the truth, will continue to remain in that. Those who know the truth, he knows that there is no birth, no death, nothing. That 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 real the real nature of your existence is that you are tatu tomasi. That is your truth, and therefore there is no birth. This is weird how you have to understand that. Um, <clears throat> see, from the Gyanis perspective, I completely get what you are saying. That even his current life, he doesn't see it as you know an embodied life which he is leading. He sees it as a dissolution in Brahman. So that's his state. I mean, he is completely one with the truth, one with the reality, right? The problem with the Ajnani, I mean, the way um, many places, even uh, I think Bhagavad Gita many uh, times has said that like you are shedding your old clothes, similarly you shed your old body and you take on a new body, right? Uh, I think the second chapter, uh, I think maybe the 12th or the 13th shlok. Right, right, right. So now the question is, uh, Binduji, that Brahman is all there is. Brahman is uh, filling the every atom, every atom. There is no space for Brahman to move because it's all there is. You know, it's like filling a bottle with water to, till absolute top and then trying to shake it. Because it is full of water, there is no space left. It will not move. Similarly, Brahman uh, is still and Brahman is all there is. Now, what I mean for it to take a rebirth, obviously Brahman has to sort of fragment itself and then move into a womb and then it comes and takes birth. Can it really happen? I mean, on one side uh, we see the truth of Brahman, or on the other side uh, we say that this sort of a thing will happen. Right. This is exactly the, what I said, no? Imagine a child who is looking into a mirror. He sees another child or another, another child in the mirror. He feels that he is his playmate and he starts reacting to that. And he doesn't realize that the, the reflection in the mirror is reflecting his activity. But for him, the other child is also playing what he is doing. So it is just like, you know, he feels that there is a, there is a real child on the, uh, on the, on the reflection of the mirror. And until the father says that, no, dear, it is not another child, it's your only, Tadutomasi. You are that which is being reflected in the mirror. There is no separate entity behind that glass whom you think is existing. It is your own reflection. Now, this is the knowledge which we are talking about, right? When the, when the Shastra said that you are that, is from that point of view that, what today we are presenting as feeling this entity as separatedness, itself is due to a misapprehension, non, born out of non-apprehension. 
non apprehension of the reality you did not know what is your true nature even now if we ask anybody in this in the not only here anybody whom you see that can ask them to define themselves without you know referring to the past or anything with related to the body they will not be able to because all they can think is because the mind is part of the body so only with the relation to the body they can talk about it and that will include past present and future so from that point of view if you are saying that these statements in the gita are mainly for people who are trying to learn these aspects of you know how to get rid of that you know this cycle cycle of birth and death for that you have to start from the statement where there is a appearance of birth and death then only you can say that it is not there just like you are seeing a snake on the rope but the one who knows the reality knows there is no snake but he when he explains to the person who sees the snake he has to make a statement starting with this snake what you are seeing here now is not really the snake it is a rope so he has to mention that this snake what you see it is the same way this life what you think is of your karma and karma pala are out of your ignorance thinking that you are the body and therefore the body feels like you know you think that body is going through that it is just like the reflection in the mirror or reflection of the sun in the water these are the different examples which we can say it is actually speaking nothing is there really all that is there there sarvam kalu idam brahma so when it is all brahma there is question of birth and rebirth on everything is fictitious it is a manokalpana your idea in your born out of your mind because you did not know your reality when you know your reality you will know not only that there is no birth and death and decay and all those thing which is appearing to be there you are the one which is never born never decaying never going to die and there is no way in which it is there is any change avikari there is no vikara for you so what what way can you expect that anything can happen this knowledge has to rise in your one's own understanding that i am that aham brahmasmi then only that knowledge will have any bearing to the refutation of the samsara and the birth and rebirth unless that is born the mind will still bring one of the three defaults atnyana samshaya vipareya one of the three will bring up become a question which need to be answered and that is what krishna was telling to arjuna in the gita uh, absolutely true bindu ji absolutely towards the end you have absolutely summarized uh, the fact that there really is no no rebirth irrespective of whether you are a knower or you are a non knower whether you are in gyana or you are in agyana there is no rebirth for anyone am i right when i say this absolutely that is why chandogya says no sadhi sambadhya na vidhu sadhi sambadhyam he every one of us are in reality that sat 
and sambadhyamahe means when we are in the deep sleep we all are in the same state where we don't have identification with anything body individuality whether you are a lion mosquito human being or anything all of us abandon our association with the body the jnani who knows the reality and knows that these are all projections of the awareness which is the waking and dream and deep sleep in reality there is no waking no dream no deep sleep they are all projections of the awareness in an instrument called mind which is nothing but its own its own appearance so for that point of view there is no way that jnani will be deluded to become a you know that i have a birth i'll become a lion or i'll become a papi in the next life and everything because he knows that there is no birth what to talk about the next life but atnyani also is the same but he doesn't know that when you do not know the kalpana the, the projection or you your imagination will run wild and that is what happens in the case of atnyanis then then my question uh, uh, would be vindu uh, ji why a enlightened person like adi shankara a staunch advaitin why has he said that uh, agyanis will be will be born again you know he could have just stayed with the fact that there is is just no no rebirth but he clearly says if you see the first uh, shloka interpretation which he has given which you have also interpreted in english in english it says that only the gyani will have no rebirth the gyani will be born again and bhagwan also now says in bhagavad gita that the gyani uh, he doesn't say of course agyani he says that uh, you know you'll be born uh, like you know you're shedding off your old clothes and you're going to be wearing getting new clothes to wear and then at another place he says that uh, he tells arjuna that if your uh, sadhana is inter- is interrupted due to some reason uh, you know your body falls off and you have not completed your sadhana you would be born reborn in a in a in a house which is uh, everything will be conducive for you to to continue your sadhana wherever you have left off uh, so nothing is wasted none of your sadhana uh, elements ever is wasted so don't worry so these uh, you know these words from bhagwan this word from adi shankara uh, why have they why are they propagating rebirth that is that is no, my... they are not propagating they are saying that you are you are thinking that you will have a rebirth because you are thinking that you are a bodied person embodied person you are a you know karmi you are a you are a one who is doing good work or bad work if you think that kartrutva bhoktrutva is your nature that means you are not understood your way so what is being told rebirth is the atnyana will get rebirth not the swarupa of the atnyani you should make out the difference between the two the swarupa of the atnyani and the swarupa of jnani there is no difference the atnyana gives rise to further atnyana therefore the atnyana will get rebirth the atnyana association with atnyana will get rebirth and that is what is being told in the upanishad and the shastras as well as shankaracharya saying that is that if you think that you are the body the body will have rebirth but you are not the body he has been told by the shastra 
but you still have not understood or you have not believed it. So what you believe will keep happening because you are not removed. You are not removing your false belief that you are the body. Who can stop it unless you stop believing it? So as long as you believe it, you will have rebirth. From that point of view, it is being told. Um, but but uh, Binduji, this contradicts what you just said. You said even for an Agnani, there is no rebirth, and I agree with that. I also subscribe Ag to your Agnani, view. Agnani, when I'm saying Agnani will not have rebirth, is Agnani in his Sorupa will not rebirth. But Atnani, in if he thinks that he is not his Sorupa, but his belief that what he is, whether he is a a human being or a Vyagra or Sifashu or anything that, if that is the faith, this thing which is being projected by that body, that body will continue to have it. Right? It is the body which is going through, not the truth in that. Right? As I told you, there is no real birth taking place. So if the birth is being mentioned, that is also not real. It is just like that. You will, you will keep on dreaming every day and you will become a dreamer. Does it affect you? No, because you no. know why? Because a dream is not real, is known to you. But when I say your waking is also a dream, you are not going to be born again and again. But that you have a problem in accepting it. Because why? Because you are not able to leave that the waking body is not a dream. Right? Yes, yes. That is the reason. So if you are sticking to the waking body, you will have rebirth. But if you are thinking that waking body is also like a dream only, it may happen, but it is not really happening. In truth, there is a, no, nothing is happening. It is appearance like a dream. In that case, you are free from your belief that you are a body. And then there is no rebirth also. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm dragging this a little bit uh, more than what I should. I know that. But I still, you know what, Binduji, my contention is even if you are a fully bodied, embodied, if you are someone who is only in the body awareness, who has got no knowledge about the state beyond the body, my point is even that person cannot be born again because there is just one Brahman and it is all there is and it is filling every pore of creation or whatever we can think of. It cannot get fragmented. If it cannot get fragmented, how can it enter another body and enliven that body and all that? My feeling is whether you are a knower, whether you are a non-knower, whether you are someone who is totally in the body sense, there is need, there is no rebirth. That's my contention. Your and content I, is absolutely. I'm I'm agreeing with you hundred percent. There no, is no you, rebirth. But there is no rebirth. That, okay. There is no rebirth in reality. But if you think that you are not the reality, and if you are sticking to your unreal state, then if you are believing that there is a rebirth, so be it. It is not the fault of the reality. It is not having the knowledge of the reality what is making you think there is a rebirth. 
In reality, there is no birth. Ajo nitya shashwata vayam. Ajadavadam of Madhukya is the truth. There is no birth. Appearances, if it is happening and that becomes real, who can make you feel that, that what you think is real is not real? It is only an appearance. Until the time you know it as an appearance, the reality will be reality. And once you know that is a reality and you accept it as a reality, whatever the consequences of that appearances now taken as reality will continue. It is for that person, it is said that you think that reality you are getting a rebirth. Yes, you, would, you are thinking and in your thought you are getting rebirth. In reality, you are not getting rebirth. Okay, got that, uh, got that, Binduji. Thank you so much. I think the last part has completely clarified it. It's just a thinking, and we we die thinking of rebirth, and 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 that's it. And you don't know what whether he's born or he's not born. Uh, you know, I think uh, Adi Shankara, in a way, to dissuade people from. Uh, you know, staying in ignorance, uh, exhorting them to get enlightened. He has laid the um, the carrot, if I may use the term, uh, the carrot of uh, no rebirth. You know, such a person is liberated forever. It's like a, a payoff of being uh, someone who is uh, who works on his knowledge and uh, you know. He, he liberates himself while living. So it's a payoff that you don't have a rebirth. And to dissuade people from just remaining in their body and being in body awareness, to dissuade them, boss, you're going to be reborn. And we don't know how you're going to be reborn. So as a, as a bit of an uncertain and a fear element, they, they say that there will be rebirth for the ignorant. I, I get that. Okay. Thank you so much, Binduji. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, no, I think one way to interpret uh, Vino's problem is that I think the content that is kept in the brain is very important. So if somebody keeps this content that, uh, you know, I exist, for example, then you continue to exist. The body will die, but new body will be taken, and but you continue to exist. That I-ness, I think, uh, you know, by uh, awareness uh, is propagating itself actually uh, and in that sense like you know one may say that yes you will get born it's only when the knowledge is given up that uh, the false idea about the i-ness and that uh, individuality basically then when it is given up then obviously that cannot be any birth i mean in the whole in both cases whatever exists already exists and there's no change actually happening it is just that the idea uh, you know, it's like a view that is taken. That view is the one which is changing this way or that way. Isn't it that way? Yeah, that is exactly what I said. No, why? If you think that you are a body and you are the body, and then there is for the body there is birth and death, then you are you are into the cycle of birth and death. But if you do you when you do you know that are you the body? Do you know who it is your reality? Who you are or what is your real nature? The Atma Swarupam is what? 
if you know that then only you will know that you are not even the body the body is a, is, is an appearance because you had a body appearance in your dream you have an appearance of body in your waking and you had dropped both the bodies in your deep sleep you didn't have any body not even the idea of the individuality or the mind or intellect or you know even in the thought or the thing so when when all those things are the the reality is that you are beyond all those things and these are all projections of waking dream and deep sleep all the three are projections of the of the you know awareness only in the awareness if the projections are the projections cannot be real the projections are projections that is the nature desha devasya swabhavah awareness is the nature in which everything appears in awareness otherwise nothing will appear no the awareness the nature nature of awareness itself is to appear in awarenesses so that is why but when the appearances come if we think it as something real then the problem comes that that becomes a an a, a world of experience yeah just one minute samara one minute so vinoji tiwari uh, ji so my simple question to you is that do you recognize that you hold the knowledge tightly particularly the knowledge that is obtained from the scriptures and hmm. uh, that is where this uh, the whole variation will start to happen yes vinod ji thank you no no question samar ji you are, you go ahead. okay thank you am i audible because i am a little yes. outside and thank you vinod ji my question is uh, of what you explain then what is the role of scriptures would scriptures be also be just a dream which is coming across us because otherwise otherwise what is their place in this brahmam when everything is a dream and all these things because you are very well read in scriptures and uh, you guide us from the scriptures then in this uh, reality or a dream either way so wh- what is the role of scriptures where are they placed are they placed in a dream or are they placed in reality because if they are placed in reality then scriptures itself should be god that brahman yes. yes you are right even the scriptures are part of the projection you don't need scriptures because you are never born so for whom is the scriptures who think that there is a need for scriptures and a guru and teaching and i need to be free you are nitya mukta shuddha swabhava you are that is your nature so sureshwaracharya chase answers in this in the in the man in the brahadaran upanishad say etra veda aveda bhavadi that is the state where even the vedas the scriptures becomes no scriptures because for such a state there is nothing exists other than that ekameva adyudiyam brahma that such state even the scriptures are not valid so in that case how did the scripture know about this truth and why did it speak about it like if uh, scriptures also vanish away with the entire dream then what how can we how can we uh, uh, rely on the on something which is made of dream and supposing if it is coming from the source then why does it vanish with the source okay when you have a 
indigestion you are fully have taken food and that is indigestion you take a pill or a or a medicine for removing that indigestion it is also a food only but the purpose of that food is the remove the indigestion which is already done even though that is in the form of a food but that food has a quality to remove the indigestion in the stomach and that also is gone thrown out in the next day along with the food it does it is not that it remains in the food right so what does the sruti how does it come because in the katopanishad it says that paranchigani vetranat swayambhu tasmat paran basyadinan taratme kaschit deeraha pratyagatmanam ichchad avrutta chakshu amrutatvam ichchad some of us who were not happy with the world of experiences started analyzing themselves why am i experiencing this thing where is the problem or why is it that these things are happening then they found out that all sense organs five sense organs of knowledge and sense organs of reaction can only work externally and they have limitation i can see only light hear can see only sound so each one of them have got different areas of operation if this a limited is my tools of knowledge the knowledge i am getting is also limited but there must be something because all these knowledge which is coming partially in the form of light sound etc etc are giving a total experience to me of the object so there must be something which is present in me who has more power than the individual sense organs so kashit deeraha some courageous person wanting to know who is that keneshidam patati prekshidam manah kena prana pradam peivitah keneshidam vacham imam vadanti chakshu chotram kahu kevo yunakti keno upanishad first mantra he asked this question what is the deva or which is that power in me which is uniting the sound and the light to make a total experience and not only that it is giving me the power to express that knowledge by word of mouth and there is also a world which is not outside but internally by the mind so there is something which is more powerful in me rather than the world outside which i am seeing so such a person how, what did he do avrutta chakshu amrutattvam amrutattvam ichchan looking at the immortal nature of the individual inside or the power inside that power should be immortal it is there everywhere so he did what he did avrutta chakshu he started looking inward and pratyagatmanam ichchan he realized his brahman he realized his nature vidida avidida dadi avitnyadam vitnyadam vitnyadam avijanatam all those things are it is beyond known and unknown because it is not for the sense organs nor for the mind to fathom that it is beyond that so it is beyond known and unknown at the same time there is it which is beyond the realm of known and unknown and it is not just beyond means it is not unfathomable it is in which both the known and unknown is experienced therefore it is bigger than the known and unknown that is what is to be found out 
and that person found that it is my nature is it, it is that my nature not i am the body not the mind not the intellect so now all those things which is objectifiable he starts objectifying it he thought he could see his own thoughts so the thoughts and the mind is not him he could see the sense organs the objects the body the changes in the body everything is known what is known can has to be an object the knower of the object has to be the subject which is unchanging because the changes are known by him so he found his true nature in that such people when they explain to their subsequent generation or the people around him it became upanishad and that became the shruti for us today after many 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 thousands of years we are even able to see the truth in the statements even today but they also said that one statement vitnade pare tatve shastradhitastu nishpala avitnade pare tatve shastradhitastu nishpala if you do not know what is the truth learning scriptures is of no use after knowing the truth then also the scriptures are of no use because you already know the truth what is there in the scripture so in either case the middle type of people who want to know the truth are the people for whom the shastra is there then bindo ji the person who realized this and wrote these upanishads for us uh, the dream continued for that person right because the, the person had to mention these scriptures for somebody like you like you said for the coming generations like us so i am asking once a person realized to that extent uh, why did the person have the need uh, to write the scriptures uh, that means definitely the dream continued for that person right no he is not like that he never had an intention to write seeing his nature those who are around him asked him what is that you have got because of which you have now become disinterested in the world outside you are so peaceful you are benevolent you don't show any anger you don't have any of the kama krodha loba moha madamalsya what is that you have acquired now till now that time he explains it not that he had a desire to explain that oh my god binoli this was the best this was the climax this was this was it thank you binoli thank you i got all my answers and the the last one made complete sense to me that it is the the void again which calls out or like you like you said it was the question for which that answer was given not that the person wanted to initiate anything from his own accord again so the call made him answer so yes thank you so much bindo ji you welcome sir thota shiva would you want to ask a question or do you want to discuss something can, can i ask a question yeah yeah sure go ahead uh, so uh, namaste bindo ji so so here my my question namaste so uh, my my question was uh, regarding like krishna like right shri krishna right the lord krishna so what is his role like to, to a certain extent i can understand like we are like 
there is avidya and from out of avidya we have to go away but but there is this personality called shri krishna who knows everything and he is doing everything and uh, obviously is not an avidya right so so how to explain that i mean that i am not able to understand what is the what is shri krishna what is the problem he is a guru jagat guru and he had a disciple arjuna in front of him to him he was giving the knowledge he arjuna did not understand when the second chapter was explained the sankhya yoga and the buddhi yoga arjuna had a look of blank in his face so the guru krishna understood that whatever i have told arjuna has gone as a sixer on above his head he has not understood anything so he starts from karma yoga onwards and he explains all this all the you know complete process karma yoga karma sanyasa bhakti yoga you know kshetra kshetratni vibhaga yoga trigunat that all those things including he had found out that even after that there was a question in the face of arjuna are ye to mera dost hai he is my friend is he trying to fool me around and everything that time he had to show the vishwarupa to make Ar- to shake arjuna to such an extent that to realize what is being told is not something which is out of my own kapola kalpitam my own you know imagination see it for yourself he showed it to him because he was having he has the power to do that and then the whole thing changes on the 12th chapter when arjuna starts praising krishna from that he becomes a devotee there why because knowing the truth doesn't make you head heavy you will become the humble like you know the famous saying that the fruits makes the tree bow down same way the knowledge will make each and every one of us to bow down and serve the nation or serve the people the humanity or those who are in need of the knowledge it's not that you know they will go out and uh, you know catch hold of everybody walking on the street no those who come to him like arjuna had gone to him and said that i am not able to fight this war even though he was the best best uh, you know yodha in the field he could have killed everybody single handedly in spite of having a smaller army doesn't matter he could have done it all by himself but why that is a place praise praise the role of krishna was for that and it is as per the scripture says using arjuna as an example krishna delivered the message for the kaliyuga in the today's world where the atrocities are the maximum how to lead a virtuous life and look to your own nature what is your reality if you want to be free from all these pangs of the society or the world what is going on that was the purpose of krishna yeah but but bindu ji i, I can understand uh, him being jagat guru but uh, as you mentioned like uh, uh, showing vishwarupa that is something only god can do right it's, it's typically not what a guru would do and also all the leelas that he did as really as a bhagwan right all the so many things like fighting with kalaya kali and so many things so okay. so why why is that happening and obviously he is he he is never in avidya right from day one so how is that happening okay we should understand rahul 
if physics is to be taught there are two ways in which physics can be taught pure physics without any examples but the moment you bring an example but to want to show gravity you how will you show that you have to roll a stone to the top of a hill and roll it down it is rolling down because the gravity is pulling the stone down now this this will appear like a story gravity is there whether you roll the stone or not it is there but why do you have to roll the stone and then explain that this is a gravity requirement or drop a you know glass and break it because why should it you see physics can be taught as a theory with an example it remains in the mind very simple example same way krishna as a character was written by vyasa in mahabharata for the purpose of conveying the highest philosophy as a character and that is unquestionable type that you know till then they had all of them thought that only those who go to the mountain and the caves and sitting there and meditating are the yogis and jnanis they cannot be in a day to day life to prove them wrong the character of krishna was created that he whatever he has done he has not left his real nature that the apparent mischief which he is doing was to show that those mischiefs are in fact had an underlying message for correcting adharma and if you look at that apparent on the superficial level it may look like it is an adharma but the intended meaning and the ultimate outcome of that would have been dharma so those who see it as an adharma from the superficial level will find fault with him but those who have followed through the story and continued the outcome of those stories would have known what why it has been done that way so it is a story which you have to understand the character has been so designed by vyasa there could have not been a better character than krishna for conveying these things with this shows that today if you have the right knowledge living in our day to day life with that knowledge you can be in the world untouched by which krishna says in the this thing patma patram eva ambasa like a lotus leaf in water you can be born in the dirty water live in the dirty water and not get wet by the water same way you will be in the thick and thin of this world where all the dharmartha kama moshas are going in full fledge you know mada moha malsarya all those things are there but you will not be touched by any of them because in the second chapter from the last verse sidapratnya he mentioned how will be such a person be in this world sukha sukha dumi kritwa labha labho jaya jayau all those things are the way in which one can live because that is what krishna did he was taken away from his birth mother so what more can a child be deprived of the breast milk of his own mother right he showed that that didn't affect him right and all that all the problems which he had faced as a child no other child could have stood that with standard but he had shown that whatever may be the calamity that befall on you if you know what you are your true nature 
no calamity is big enough to crush you that is what he showed okay uh, thanks bindaji but uh, only thing is now it it raises another question now when we say that character was designed so um, so 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 effectively then veda uh, vyasa is the jagat guru right and um, are we questioning the historicity of mahabharata here so is that how we should look at it i am not mixing up what you call the messages in this books with what you call geo geological or archaeological findings and whether these things are right or wrong i have no time to waste on that because this is all for historians and uh, people who are interested in that for me philosophy is more important than the archaeology and the geology of things because they have their own role it may be good e whether krishna was alive or whether he was a living king or whether he walked on this earth it doesn't make a difference to me today what makes difference to me today is what he taught me through his gita so why should i bother whether he was a living person or whether that message has been character has been created by vasa in either case for me the benefit is it what quenches my hunger is the philosophy i am not interested from which part of the world the food has been cooked or whether the it is a, it is cooked by a five star chef or an ordinary person on the street doesn't matter right so keep get these things will only take you away from the principle or the main intent of these books or this philosophy what we should be learning and following rather than trying to say happen to now i let me assume that if it is a mythological story whether such a person was not there it is a manokalpana of vyasa also what does it mean can you apply this in your life and see whether it is working or not whether that is more important or whether you want to deny that krishna was never a real person therefore bhagavad gita also is not real and then what will you lean upon what is the other philosophy where you can look for right so we have to see that don't get into in there is a there is a famous saying in the shastra study the they think that don't look to the the past of where the rishis or the teachers have taken birth or what they did in their childhood or what they were this thing what is being taught anandaveda bahuvetitavyam alpashtakala bahavascha vikna yat saravudam tatu vasitavyam yada hamso shirambu mishra that is anandaveda bahuvetitavyam there is a millions and millions of shastric books available in the world especially in india bahuvetitavyam there is and all of them need to be studied alpashtakala bahavascha vikna we have a very little life and there are many obstacles because all the 24 hours we can't study them even if we study it one brahma sutra we can't complete it forget about the rest of the books alpashtakala bahavascha vikna so what does the what does they say the wise people say that yat sarabhutam tat upasidavyam what is the nectar of all these teachings summarized 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 teaching of all those things that you upasidavyam means that you should be following how yada hamsa shirambu mishram like the mythological bird 
which has the potency to separate the solid milk solids from the water milk and water mix sirambu mishram means milk and water is a mix always milk will be with water so when we are taking milk we have to take water but what does this example say yada hamsam there is a bird which when it dips its beak into the milk the saliva is so uh, chemical it immediately separates the milk solid and the water so it is able to filter through its tongue the milk solid alone the water is left out by that bird so hamsam when it is when it drinks it pulls out only the solids from that milk solids only from the milk and the water is left same way we should take only what is philosophical and helpful for us to lead a unaffected life from the pangs of the world and be equipoised happy always both inwardly and when you are happy you will radiate happiness and you become the source of happiness for you your family your society and the world yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense thank you very much binduji binduji just one last please follow up question uh, you said that uh, the uh, the person speaks because he is questioned and not because he uh, actively seeks to give out the info in that case binduji uh, what if the person decides not to give out the info or is it a compulsion that the question needs to be answered that the call needs to be answered only is it uh, compulsory for that person if it is compulsory there could have been more upanishads and shastras in the world why they are limited is because only some of them felt like the necessity for giving it out so why so why did that okay so now here uh, if it was a dream the person knew it's a dream and then it's just somebody questioning from the dream what was that necessity for that person to give the answer why uh, like you said i understand there would have been more upanishads only few came out what was that need which drived them to answer the call is it the truth itself which wants to propagate itself is that why it is like that or why why would what would be the reason see summer you should understand that it is not that they are thinking it as a dream that is where the mistake is in the first place it is the nature of awareness for them it is not unreal it is real the same awareness which is there in them is the same awareness which is there in the student who is coming and asking and is the same awareness which is there around in all the objects so when it is said that it is a, like a dream means the name and forms are dream but the dependent entity on which the name and forms are forming are the same substance with which the teacher the student and the world around them is made of like the gold ornaments are different names and forms the the goldsmith who is selling the ornaments he doesn't see the ornaments separately for him it is all gold 
the buyer has gold as ornaments asking so he will say give me a bangle or give me a earring or give me a uh, what whatever may be the ornament he required goldsmith knows that he is giving the gold the recipient he is looking at the name and form of the gold he has value for the name and the form the goldsmith has the value for the gold but now when that buyer is being bold bought by the ring or the bangle the goldsmith he says that today's gold price is so much so i am going to weigh the, this ornament for the weight and i am going to charge you for that that is the time the buyer thing knows that yeah it is the price is not for the shape and the form and everything it is on the weight of the gold i am going to give the price that time he also knows that what he is purchasing is gold not the just mere name and shape or an artificial thing dipped in gold so the knowledge of the truth when it is transferred the customer is ready to pay the real price of the gold he has no knowledge to segregate between an artificial gold or jewelry or a real gold jewelry but he has a faith in the goldsmith because he has gone to a place which is genuine and he has people have watched that this place sells real gold so what happens is that the transaction takes place knowing very well that what this teacher is telling is the truth and what is being told is beneficial for me and therefore i am ready to listen without any my mental block what is being taught same way as the or customer is going to ready to pay the price of the gold from the goldsmith even though he is looking for a particular name and form of it wow yes i now understand so when you said that uh, uh, the person doesn't really have the need to say it's the other person when he asks this fellow shares so now really the whole owners depends on the person who is buying the gold and because he wants it so desperately and because he has faith in the gold seller and therefore he is ready to pay the price of that gold and take it and so the transaction takes place okay thank you pindoshi Oh, can I go? Um, yes, yes. Thought. Can I ask question? Sure, sure. Please go ahead. Yeah. Good evening, Bindu sir. Uh, good evening. Like, uh, coming, yeah. Good evening. Uh, coming back to the topic of uh, birth and rebirth. Uh, as you mentioned, you know there is no rebirth. Uh, you know, while one realizes, you know, uh, its nature and one is aware of the its true nature. uh so unfortunately most of us uh, most of us are not knowing their true nature we are uh, uh, we are here and you know departing you know uh, and we are here and going some day uh, without knowing uh, our nature without knowing our true self so that means you no know, there is going to be a rebirth you know until and until we get liberated and uh, know ourselves know our true selves you now is it right you know and uh, and and what are the ways you know that we can uh, uh, that that we can adapt you know to know our nature and 
and avoid you know being uh, uh, and avoid you know being uh, rebirth again so who said you are having going to have rebirth there is no rebirth so if you think that you have a rebirth you have to find out whether that thought and that belief which you think that you have a rebirth or because we don't have the knowledge we will have to take the rebirth whether that knowledge is right or wrong is what you have to find out because in reality whether you have believe or you have the knowledge or not have the knowledge there is no rebirth but if you think you are the body maybe then you may have to go through that but are you the body you are able to see your body you know from the childhood to adolescent to old age the i which is experienced in the body has not gone through any aging no changes even when the days are passing years are passing experiences are passing he is observing the passing of everything including his body becoming from child to adult or to old age from the day and night and uh, this thing passing right locations changing by sickness and wellness heat cold all those things are known to somebody who is present and experiencing it through the body that person has no birth and death but if you think that you are the body just as you thought that you were a child and you are now become an old man you may have to go and come again as another body but you are are you that you are the one who has been noticing the change so definitely you are not the one who is changing so really speaking if you are knowing what is your reality there is there is no rebirth but if you don't identify that then you are still in that confusion that you are the body that is what makes you feel that you have to come back again rebirth again etc yeah uh, understood uh, sir i mean uh, you have to identify your nature you have to know your identification so that you know you get rid of your the feeling of you know this iness yeah, thank you uh, yeah so i have a follow up question uh, um, whatever the other person asked now like what are the signs uh, that indicate like uh, that uh, i got the awareness like uh, i am the body is separated from uh, you know uh, the supreme uh, uh, divinity uh, so how do we uh, identify that okay uh, uh, this is where i am uh, i'm uh, getting merged with the supreme soul like is are there any signs uh, uh, to identify uh, this you are not getting identified merged with supreme soul or anything you are this tatvamasi you are that this very moment what you think you are now is not what you are you will know it that what is your true nature because you are the one who is now thinking that you are the body so you have to stop that when you stop that what remains is that you are aware of your your own nature it is just like that your toothache or your stomach hunger no man from outside can make out whether your hunger has been quenched or your toothache has gone or not 
only you will realize it no this is something personal and immediate other than you nobody else can know it right now you are thinking your body therefore there is a problem the moment you think you know that you are not the body but you don't have to know who you are the moment you know that you are not the body itself it will make you realize who you are because that is the one you are the one who is thinking you are the body now that is what is that name and shape or the form of that one can never be known because there will be always somebody who is knowing that this knower of the known can never be known because the knower itself is always known in knowing himself his own existence he doesn't have to tell anybody told by anybody or objectified so he is knowing himself but when he identifies with something else he forgets his nature and he identifies with that then he becomes the body identified individual of the human being so when you de-identify your misconceptions what is left out will be you in your knowledge awareness state that time you don't have to be known because you are the knowledge itself thank you uh, guruji so uh, bindu ji so can a jeevan mukta you know uh, impacts the uh, like jagat like in any way that by like say intending something and then it will happen or see for the jeevan mukta the jagat is a appearance there is nothing to affect or impact or that those who are in the jagat who are not realized or anything they will get affected by the jeevan mukta's present it is just like the sun has no intention to shine on the earth but the moment the sun shines all of us will get out of our bed and start working ourselves no it is just like that the presence of a jeevan mukta if really understood will be the beacon for everyone to go to him and find out the truth but like any in a way uh, can he make in the, in the sense that can he interact with the jagat in such a way that it can you know uh, basically like sit these kind of you know will he be able no. to no he has no desire apta kamasya kaspraha he is the one who has got that aspect of everything in the jagat sarvam khalu idam brahma sadatmana sarvam atma eva everything in nature is my own nature what is appearing as name and form is only appearances the reality of them is thing so how can he have a desire to do something that is why in the in the this next seventh chapter it is said that apta kamasya kaspraha one who has become everything what can he desire further but bindu uh, ji like but then like i think i was having one conversation earlier in the morning like where uh, it was being said that uh, we need uh, dharma which means like uh, you you still have to st- see distinction and like uh, like for example the example was that uh, like say some refugees are coming into your kingdom Uh, would you like be empathetic towards them or would you recognize that this might actually destroy your society and stop them so a jeevan mukta in this sense like how can he make any kind of uh, decisions because if he dismisses it as a movie then pretty much he can any take any decision and justify 
uh, it right like basically there is no point of taking any position because it is ultimately not real i'm sorry i mean i don't know maybe it didn't my no, no 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 your question is valid see jeevan mukta is jeevan neva mukta while he is aliving he has realized and he has become freed from the from the body body limitations or the body identification right so what happens is that that body whether it is of shuka brahmarshi who is a naked monk who has no attachment or no feeling or anything or whether it is a sri krishna who yadava king did everything what is required to be done for maintaining the dharma in the world or if he is like a janaka who says that nidalayam pradiptaya name kanjana dahyati that even the entire my kingdom gets burnt nothing of mine is burnt that is the virakta bhava or the abandoning so those bodies what are supposed to be there will show its appearances its behaviors from their point of view there is nothing happening from the others point of view those who are seeing that they will say that jivan mukta is suffering because his body is going through cancer he is having a throat cancer he is miserably suffering all those things will be attributed on to the body which indirectly like our own normal mis- misunderstanding that i am the doer i am the you know that all kartrutra bhoktrutva all those activities that doership and everything on is taken by us which is of the body as our but we are the witness not the doer or the enjoyer same attitude we will put on to the jivan mukta also saying that the jivan mukta had a desire to wipe out the invaders into the country or whether he had this thing but from his point of view what is required what is done by the body he he sees he doesn't have anything to that he sees that that like a like a wind taking a dry leaf wherever it goes it goes whether if it is taking him to a battlefield he will be there in the battlefield or if it is taking him to a monastery he will be in the monastery he is not identifying with his activity there is no desire in him to do anything all so there is neither in his view there is no dharma or adharma dharma adharma is from the point of view who see the duality so for the dharma adharma the some people are taking him with them he will be there with them whether other adharmic people are taking he will be there like the vyada of mahabharata because his family wanted uh, food and he was told to butcher animals and sell meat to make in this thing but he was in his own philosophical in his jivan mukta state what he was doing he was unaware the same thing has happened in, in many such cases are there even to, even in today's world you will find there are people who have understood and realized this thing they may be in the world either spreading bhagavad gita or uh, you know teaching or uh, you know seeing that you know the the well being of the disciples and the society but if the whole thing collapses also they are not affected by that or whether the survives and thrives i they will not be bothered about it this is 
there are two aspects of it. One, we are looking it from their point of view. One, we are looking from the point of view of the world. From the point of the world, whatever maybe that body is destined to do or in appearing to be doing, will continue to do. From their point of view, moment the moment they knew what is the reality, they have no more identification with the body. So whatever the body does is like the dry leaf in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks, uh, Abhinoji. But Abhinoji, one, one, another like probably follow-up question is like, so this entire uh, position or like understanding, uh, but what would be the? It, it it kind of also kills the morale to be like you know ambitious or like do anything really or take anything seriously. For whom uh, is the morality? No, no, not morality, Binoji, uh, but morale. Yeah, right? okay. Like so for the, whom is the morale? For whom? For the ego. So for uh, for those who think that there is a need for it, no? Right? Yeah, but is this like kind of leading to inaction in any way? No, Binoji? it is not leading to inaction. That's what I'm saying. The body will continue to perform what he is supposed to perform. The knowledge doesn't change anything because he knows that the knowledge of the body is a projection of the awareness and the body, what is being done is not him who is doing. The awareness projected as a body is performing in the body. Right? When you, when you went to dream, did the dream events affect you? Whatever may be the dharma or adharma or uh, you know activities which is being done in the dream, was it in any way affecting you when you woke up? When you woke up, it never affect you. But imagine if you were in a dream and you are knowing that you are dreaming, what will be the? You have no control on the dream, but you know that you are dreaming. What will happen? You will not control it because it is not really happening. You know that, right? That is the way to look at it. But but an understanding that there is no actor will naturally inhibit any kind of action, right, uh, Vinodji? Like, tell me, tell me how. Tell me how. Like it's it's you are, it's. You are yeah. assuming certain things and telling. I want to know what is your assumption in that. Basically, like say, I mean, basically, it's like uh, say, like like suppose without this knowledge, you would be kind of responsible for your actions. That if I am making a decision, then like. You know, uh, so there is a responsibility uh, associated with it. So you kind of try to be careful, look at the future, like, you know, uh, weigh the pros and cons and then make a decision. But with this kind of a knowledge, you will probably be probably just go with the flow and be intuitive and just, you know, no, and then kind of it is not it is not that. See, all those things are coming because you have a desire for a result, isn't it? So that is also another problem in the Like if there is no ambition for the result, then that is also in a way. You why know, why should that? Why should there be ambition? Because you are a reality of the ambitious target, right? 
right? Uh, yeah, agree? I, don't, I don't mind if I, do you mind, SK, do you mind if I jump in here? Because uh, I also have a very, a very similar question. Um, and I, I think, Bindo, I, I would wonder probably, as SK would, if you don't have, um, I, I'm just going to use a broader term of motivation. Um, and ambition probably falls under that. If you don't have motivation towards anything uh, or drive towards anything, I would actually even question if if you don't bindo because I would I would assume you ate today, you had the desire to sleep at some point last night. Um, I, without this sort of motivation, uh, effectively um, there's nothing being done. And I guess the question is, do you have the motivation, but you're just decoupling it from what you refer to as the observer, and you're, it's like you're observing another observer having the motivation. Or are you saying you're completely devoid of, of any sort of drive or motivation as an individual? There is no motivation. Whatever the body does, it does. It is, a, it is, an, it is an appearance in what, what the body is doing. Whatever it goes through is also the appearance it's going through. In me, there is nothing really happened. Okay, so I, I think I'm getting you. So you're saying that, that I'm assuming you have long-term plans in your life, right? So not just things I mentioned like eating and sleeping. But you probably have plans for next week or two years from now, or from, you know, you want to retire someday. I don't think I don't think about next moment. Forget about next you year. So you don't have you actually don't have motivations that reach out long term. What is the motivation for? Motivation should be for a result. If you have well, a result, is result is itself the action itself is a is an appearance. The result is a, a result of an appearance. So where will be the reality for that result? Well, do you have plans for the future? We don't, we don't even call them motivations. Nothing. But do you say, hey, I, I mean, I, I, have, I don't know what stage of life no, they are. No plans, or whatever. nothing. Just nothing. If, as long as the appearance remains, enjoy it. That's it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, okay. That, well, I mean, but, but then how, I guess, is a, is a human civilization, how is one to operate like that? Let's say... You know, you you uh, were decided to be the best person to be the you know president of uh, your your organization that you're in, or even you're running this clubhouse. You must have planned to have this room, and then you must have an idea of the plans to move forward to this room. Right? No, there was no plan. The plan was because there was a need from the people who asked, who had been listening to my class so many weeks. Their questions and answers are pending. Because I was taking a, a scripture and explaining it from Sanskrit to English and the meaning of it. Naturally, there will be some questions which will remain unanswered in there. So they have been asking me on the back channel of the answers. All. So I thought, okay, after having completed the chapter, let me have an open house where the questions and answers can be and questioned and answered. That is the, the thing. It was not a plan or anything like that. It was an, it was, Put on, put up to me, and I said okay. Okay, interesting. Do you there's think Lama? There's a subtle, there's a subtlety, you know, that language can help clarify. Bindo, for example, has a grandchild. That grandchild lives in Australia. Bindo's going to be going on a plane in June to visit for for a few weeks. Bindo, talk about that. I mean, that's maybe the subtleties that can help bring about the understanding and the greater lesson that there's that that planning naturally arises 
out of the appearance rather than it being bindocentric and bindo doing. I see. So uh, thanks for that, Patrick. So, so of course, uh, as a human being, we have the ability to think forward in time, but what you're saying is that it's not forced. It's rather comes about organically or naturally to some extent. It's not something you set a goalpost out arbitrarily and say, I want to do this X thing. Is that, is that, Generally, uh, what you're saying. Well, Patrick? there was also something in it that you said that there's part of like the way that you're constructing sentences. There's built-in assumptions when you say as an individual, and you're assuming that Bindo identifies as an individual, and that that individual is actually doing something, and that's mm-hmm. a fundamental um, misunderstanding of reality. Right. Right. No, I understand what you're saying. What you're saying there. Um, Okay, interesting. I, I one really uh, my last question. Just a man. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess for Bindo or, or Patrick, I'm just curious. Let, let's say everyone in the world thought uh, or had this had the mindset that you do, and were able to think in this manner. How do you think uh, at a high level that that changes the world? There is not everyone or many people in the world. There is only one thing. It is a it is the same awareness which is appearing as many. Like many appeared in your dream, it is your mind which projected all those people and uh, yourself and the world in the dream. They were not really separate from their mind projection. This appearance which we are having in the world and the experiences which we think here independently and reality is from because we are inside it. But unless you shift your identity, from the individualized ego-centric individual person to that awareness which is projecting the individual and the world outside like the dream. The, the world will be a reality and the question of what you are asking will have a validity. But if you have shifted your awareness to that one which is projecting the world, from his point of view there, there is no answer, there is no need for an answer because they are not real. Lama, one of the one of the best um, lessons that Bindo shares is is the analysis, um, you know, of, of waking and dream. If if you, you know, see, I guess maybe you're in India right now. You're going to be going to bed soon. Dreams will arise, and there's a there's a there's an acceptance when you wake up tomorrow that Lama was was in those dreams. But he wasn't actually making everything happening. He wasn't identified as the others in that dream. And that's the, that's the shift that's necessary to see waking in the same way that you're part of that appearance in waking in the same way that you're part of that that dream, that you're not the doer of those dreams, but in the same way you're you're part of that that dream, and that Lama is being dreamed in waking as well. Yeah, absolutely, I, Patrick. I I think uh, at least personally, I I certainly know what you're referring to, and I I, I enact it to a certain extent. Uh, I probably don't enact it so fully uh, and, and purely as you or Bindo do. Um, I, I do. I do like to retain the idea that there's some sort of individuality that I have 
uh, is a purpose of being a conscious entity with one perspective that seems to be persistent through time by sleep and wake and wake and sleep day after day. And I find that very hard to reconcile with um, not being that individual whatsoever. So I think that's where I have a little bit of a paradox in my mind of uh, the observer observing the observer, but then I think even the observer that observes the observer must exist as, a, as an entity and unto itself, which has a persistent perspective, which is out of my brain and my body. You, you change, you, you acknowledge that you realize that there are changes of waking dream and deep sleep, and you are aware of the changes and individuality is being superimposed on that. If you are knowing the changes are happening, the changes, the one who knows the changes have to be separate from the changes. So you cannot identify yourself with the waker, not with the dream, nor with the deep sleep. You are to be separate from the tree to know these changes are happening and you are observing the changing, changes taking place. That if you can focus on that, that is the only time when you become the observer, not present in the waking, not present in the dream, not present in the deep sleep separately, but one observer who knows the changes taking place. And that observer is the one which is untouched by the waking, untouched by the dream, untouched by the deep sleep. That is where the shift has to take place. Got it. I, it, it, it all makes sense, Bindo, uh, Patrick. And I, I personally, not through, uh, not through, you know, your or, or frankly any any uh, spiritual teachings, I've come to this realization. Uh, over time, and so I find it quite interesting that I find people like you that then, um, I don't know if it's coincidence, probably coincidentally is not the right word because there probably is a deep truth to it, but find a quite uh, a similar idea, uh, and clearly you've been much more focused on it in a more purposeful way than I have, but, but nonetheless, I've been moving slowly towards that as an individual uh, over time, again, not through uh, formal teachings like this, just through, through my own um, journey as an individual. Uh, right. I said it again, but you know what I'm saying. Um, okay, it, it, it's really it's really interesting. Um, thank you, um, Binduji. Even this idea of ego from existence point of view, maybe why is it there in the first place? Uh, every now and then, the need to protect the organism. Say, for example, hunger. If you are standing in front of a moving vehicle and that need to remove it from the way, that sense of boundary is there. So probably from there, the problem is when mind continuously stays in that state of identification. So it's not like ego has absolutely no place. I mean, that sense of boundary has its place, isn't it? And because otherwise, if it did not exist at all, then one would have absolutely no idea of it at all. This whole sense of boundary would not be in our experience, isn't it? Yes. Who said it is not there? That is there only for your waking. What happened to that mind or a ego when it took another body and was enjoying the dream world? What happened to it when he dropped both the dream world and the waking world and without knowing whether he is a male or female or location, space, time, age, birth, nothing. He was there in his deep sleep. 
so if something is permanent and real it should be present all the time what appears in a particular state of experience not present in another state of experience means it is relational to that experience alone so rachana's body and the mind is waking within but when rachana went into dream this body and the, that mind of rachana is not the one which is experiencing the dream and rachana dropped both the waking body and waking dream, uh, dream body and the relational between all those things and the entire experiences of that and without knowing whether you are a male or a female and even the identity of the name form and everything you were there present in the deep sleep without knowing what you are so i am not denying the ego is not there boundary is not there the waker has them but it is not absolutely real yeah and even the waker uh, is not in that constant state of identification whether we whether one is realized or not realized this identification is an effort in itself actually that sense of boundary do we live in that constantly i mean to the one who is not realized no so you don't you, you don't live it you don't live it in your your that identified uh, this thing in even in a day itself how many times you drop it so everybody goes through that state yes Isn't yes it? because that would be interesting for everyone to know that uh, to even observe that when is that sense of boundary coming because with that sense of boundary comes that need to defend the boundary as well and that's where that state of that's right. mind goes yeah, into this that. is exactly where that mantra of some the kano prinishat makes sense pratibodha viditam matam amrutati hindate vidhya vindate amrutam that statement pratibodha viditam every experience has got both the pure awareness in it qualified with the names and forms then it becomes an experience of an object the names and forms and the qualification of the experience alone cannot become a knowledge for that to become the knowledge the pure awareness is the medium in which it is being creating so you have to segregate the name and form and adjectives of the experience and when you concentrate on the purity of the experience of the knowledge comes in that is the time when you will realize that there is commonality between you and the object because it is present in the object it is present in the in the medium and it is present in you you will see that commonality only when you leave the adjectives that is why we have to drop the name and the form and the adjectives of the object the pure existence and the presence of awareness as an existence is common in every atom whether it atoms put together it becomes a body or a cosmos or a galaxy doesn't matter that name and form is what is confusing us yeah because where else one will even see the boundary without the name so to that previous question when somebody said that refugee question to such a person is there a difference between the other and i and that refugee or non refugee my country or other country no it doesn't have any difference what is required to be the he is not seeing that he has a doership in that the body the body is being seen by the person who sees the body 
but the person who doesn't see the body doesn't have even the identity that there is a refugee and an activity is going on if you if 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 you don't see the dream can you say that there is a dream happening but the one who sees a dream the dream world is real right something similar yeah, but but uh, sorry rajna ji if i may uh... okay i'll just finish with this last this is kind of end of this so to such a person why is there even need to deny whether what is outside is real or unreal when everything is only projecting to the one who's aware of it so for example if one is so right now if i'm listening to you the fact that that awareness of this is happening is not rejecting like, not rejecting is not rejecting nor accepting it he's saying it is a project it is a projection if you think it is real then i have to tell you please reject it ah uh, okay but then there is no need no to no need if you also know that it is a projection no need both of us are in the same boat because in even in rejection it, it becomes like an idea for the mind yes so then rejecting the rejection has has to be done absolutely Real quick, Peter. What do you mean by? Uh, oh, sorry. I think I realize you're back in the room. SK. If you want to ask your question, I don't want to jump in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks, uh, Dama, for that consideration. Uh, so, uh, actually, Binduji. So, so there, the the question was like, uh, you know, should we accept those refugees or reject those refugees? Because accepting the refugees would mean that you know uh, the example given was like scandinavian where like they've accepted the refugees and then in society like there has been more violence and all that so 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 because like yeah with this knowledge and with this kind of an experientiality is there like if should we do some dharma and if it is there like there is something called as dharma then you know how how would you what what should you take a decision there like you know to accept the refugees or reject the uh, refugees for whom there is a refugee feeling it is his decision what to do if a person doesn't see it is a religious refugee or a reality to that for such a person there is nothing to be done for whom is it matters that person has to take a decision if you are seeing the snake you have to find a solution for the snake either run away from there or bring a stick and to my but the moment you know that snake is not real it was a rope you don't have to bring a snake or a snake or a stick or any do anything run away from the snake is something similar okay yeah yeah thank thanks vinay uh, did you um So I'll I'll just ask two two uh, questions that come up as I'm listening to you. The number number one is you mentioned to uh, no one or and one no one I guess um, uh, that you know there's a variance between reality and what is real and what is not real. That, that my first question would be, what would you decipher as real and unreal? Uh, can you kind of describe those two? And then uh, I'll just start there and I don't want to mix things up. yeah what is real is that which doesn't change under any time condition or any of the situations 
the nature and the the reality of it never undergoes any change the only that one you can call it as a real anything which changes according to the situation time or space or experience then that is appearance well is there is there anything bindu that doesn't change i guess for me and the work the study that i have done i uh I'm hard yes. pressed to say that anything doesn't change uh even the laws of nature uh, if you were to assume that there's a hyperverse outside this universe it's possible to see those in flux let us take existence existence as a fundamental principle can it undergo any change well okay so i think that's your yes, answer yes it does is existence does not change is, is that what you're referring to the name and form of the existence can change but the existence as a fundamental principle doesn't change and the existence is known because it is having the consciousness or awareness to exhibit its existence not the existence the not the knowledge of the consciousness yeah. with which we know it as objects or names and forms okay. the very existence is is exhibiting its presence by consciousness or awareness okay it is no qualification for it got it so we call it as existence awareness okay got it um can i i'm going to try to paraphrase here uh and see if see if you if you would generally agree the existence as of it, as it is itself in its in any form that it takes is the one thing that is real and is unchanged or or does does not um is always present and is unchanged um but any form of that existence meaning any conscious representation of it or i don't know you know whether whether you would see it this way or any representation which we we see in the world around us is ever changing and is therefore in your in your view unreal right got it um okay i appreciate that i I think I think it's interesting. I I have a notion of if there's these ideas of theories of everything which I think is pretty ridiculous from a scientific perspective and we're only infants but at the very base there is nothing and then there is what is possible. So the nothingness is actually um one could say it exists in a state of nothingness. Uh I think that's a debatable uh, semantic but then obviously there's the state of what is uh self-consistent yeah. and i would See, i would call at least all those things that are self-consistent to be those that exist um, perhaps in some yeah. so this this is exactly where this is exactly where the scriptures what we call it as the upanishad makes the difference even the nothingness is knowledge therefore knowledge doesn't change at that right. knowledge is knowledge of species specific it is a knowledge in its own purity in the form of existence knowledge right and right. nothingness and, exists in it yeah right right i i almost see it as the negative uh if you look at it like a black and white it's the, it, the in order to in order to know what an image is from a black and white photo you need to have the black uh, which then highlights the white and gives shape to the white um I think we're thinking the same thing. 
So, okay, that all makes sense. And then, and my second question was, uh, what, what, what really, I, I, I love this train of thought that one of the other paradoxes that continues to come up or this idea, maybe not a paradox, but seems to be um, a, a question mark is what would be, what, what, what purpose or rationality or mechanism, anything you want to call it, what's the cause and effect or the balanced relationship um, many different ways to put it, but why would, as a conscious entity, you and I have perspectives of one individual body if, in fact, we were meant to be disembodied without any individual perspective? Um, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Why would there not? Why wouldn't we all not just be a god and, and see everything all at once simultaneously uh, if, in fact, we were meant not to take any individual perspective? Why? Why, in reality, are our consciousness uh, inputs clearly from from one perspective, even if we're not considering it to be real. Yeah, the question of why means cause and effect theory, or cause and an effect reason, space and time. All of them are related to our waking experience alone. There is no question we ask why in our dream, and neither space, time, or why in our deep sleep. We are complete only when we have our waking dream and deep sleep put together as an experience. But as an observer, you have the fourth dimension to it, which is observing, unchanging, and seeing the changes happen. In that state, nothing exists other than that observer. So the question of why is only for a particular experiential framework of waking and therefore the answer will relate only to that experience it cannot be from the total reality total reality point of view so if the question is to the reality or the absolute reality point of view this cannot be extrapolated because it is not applicable now all the time um i have to say i'm not sure i fully captured that but hopefully hopefully others did no, Lama, my question, my answer was the question of why was valid for the experience of the waking world. I do agree that. But from my standpoint of view, or from the standpoint of the scripture is that the why, the cause and effect, or any other conditions of the waking is not present in my two other experiences. Because the time and space of dream is different. The cause and effect of the dream is different. And there is no cause and effect or time and space in my deep sleep. And I am the fourth, which is beyond the waking, beyond the dream, beyond the deep sleep. I am, aware of, I am that of pure awareness in which these changes are taking place. I am aware of the changes taking place. Therefore, I am separate from them. And in me, one experience cannot be superimposed to answer my state because I'm also knowing the second and the third. So from this point of view, the questions which we normally ask for the waking cannot be extrapolated and asked from the absolute point of view. Okay. I, I think I'm, I think I'm following what you're referring to. Um, yeah. I, I, okay. Interesting. I, I, I tend to, I tend to think though that there, 
what the dream state is, is an untethering from the persistent reality, which is the wake state. So when we're dreaming, our brains are, in a sense, getting to relax, getting to untether themselves, do the necessary um, repairs and solidification overnight in order to retether themselves in an effective manner when it's rewoken. Uh, and we're tethered back into this uh, system, which is a persistent reality, you know, we call the waking state. Uh, and that cycle obviously repeats itself. Um, and so I, I guess for me, it's, it's still quite hard to, because I see the waking state as being the primary state. It is the state, in fact, that gives embodiment to the ability to dream. Um, and therefore, it is really, it, we're embedded in the system when we close our eyes and we dream. Uh, from a conscious perspective, we're untethered. But the reality is, well, you know, unless we die, we'll always be retethered back in when we wake. Um, and so, uh, and so there is being retethered back in when you wake, there is this sort of, um, and there's many theories why, but there's this sort of importance to being uh, the individual node. Um, I personally think it probably has something to do with the evolution of the universe and the necessity for an individual to have, uh, to compete effectively, right? And to, and through kind of competition, grow uh, our abilities to then persist through the universe in the wake of things like um, asteroids, the death of the sun, such things, right? It's, a, it's a, the universe's ability to continue to evolve and persist uh, in light of its own in, uh, inevitable demise outside of human intelligence or, or intelligence in general doesn't need to be human. Uh, but I'll, I'll land there. That's at least my, my thoughts. The scriptures in what we are dealing here, it clearly says that the waking is a world of gross experience. The dream is a world of subtle experience. There is no grossness in that experience. But the mind being common for both is the reason why we are able to recollect some aspects of the dream, even though we don't remember all of them, because the mind being shared between them. So for the purpose, practical purpose, we can dichotomize between the two. One is the world of experience. One is the world of reality. In the world of reality, the experiences have no role to play. And when the, when the world of experiences are happening, they have to depend upon a substratum where the consciousness or the awareness without projections existed. That state, we call it as deep sleep from the waker's point of view, but it is not really from the waker's point of view because the waker was not there in the deep sleep, nor the dreamer, both the waker and dreamer put together, they have what a mind, it is not present in the deep, deep sleep. So the deep sleep on which when you superimpose the experiences, it becomes waker and the dreamer. From when you, subs when that waves subside in the awareness without projection, it becomes deep sleep. This is how it is, you know, example-wise explained in the scriptures. And even in the waking, if you look at it, the I, without any adjective to the I, from your childhood till now, it has neither become aged, old or anything. It was even though the, the memory, the world, the experiences would have kept on changing. But the experience of the I as a child, the experience of I as a teenager or experience as I as an adult, 
that I has not undergone any change. That I will be present even when you are in the deep sleep, but there is nothing to cognize or perceive. Therefore, that I doesn't stand as I, but it becomes pure awareness because the I is not there. The I comes only when the projection takes place. But the I, as the pure entity, without the I-ness, is present in the deep sleep. That is why you are able to say, the waker is able to say, I had a waking dream and deep sleep. It's a very, you, one has to shift the identity from between each one of them to, to experience that and then realize in oneself what is his true nature. It, a bit of practice is required for that. Guruji, before you go, Nitya, I think she's gone, but she posted a couple of messages in the uh, in the chat. And I'd just like you to respond before you can leave. Um, can you read it? Unqualified non-dualism. Yeah, unqualified non-dualism stands on a profound truth of spiritual experience. However, it makes a grave mistake when it presents itself as incapable of self-determination. Further Jivatman is not a vanquishing quantity. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that the answer that you just presented or, you know, addresses this, but maybe go into a little bit of detail on this misnomer of the individual. The individual is a projection. The Jivatma is a projection when you identify with the individuality. And this, to the point of view, like a snake or a mirage we see in when we explain the mirage or the snake, what you see is not the reality. To explain the individuality and the world of experiences, the scriptures uses the word that the Brahman desired to become the many. In fact, it is not as if it is desired to become many is the way one has to understand that. The consciousness never has become many. The consciousness existence is pure and perfect, unchanging all the time. Avikari, avyavahari. There is no transaction possible in it. But when it is being experienced, it is thought to be real. To that person who thinks it is real, the answer is that as if the Brahman experiencing itself decided to become many. The many is not a reality. But from the point of view, many, you have to think that if the ornaments are many, the gold only has become the ornaments. That explanation, the gold has not become the ornaments. It is our mental makeup that gold has become the ornaments. Gold is gold every time, every place in any ornament. The gold had no intention to become ornament. Nor the water had the intention to become the waves or the cloud or the snow or the water or anything. The water always wanted to be in water and being in water, it was happy and it will remain happy. As a droplet or an association, doesn't make a difference. But we put on the name and form and project that to such people, an explanation is being given that it is a projection and therefore the Jivatma, etc. 
are creations for those who think there is a reality to it and so just i mean what what the question presents is a uh, is a fundamental misapprehension of what it means to be an individual and so you usually have a nine o'clock um, or a 1030 you know hard uh, deadline uh, and so you're you're everyone's going to watch your avatar disappear from from clubhouse and there's no denial that there's volition in those actions and that there's that self-determination you're going to be leaving and you're going to be part of that uh, process in terms of decision making and everything it's just that you're not doing it as an isolated individual apart from awareness is that a, a nice way to uh, it, it is just like that it is just like that you are putting that there is a volition on the part of the earth to create day and night i think you give it in a very secretive word we didn't catch it yet existence exhibiting that gives a lot of these answers i think i think that's connection the sun the moon the earth the water none of them have a volition volition is a creation of human mind and we are caught up in that look at the nature is there any volition for any any atom in the world everything is natural so if something is hap- going to happen naturally we put volition into that to make it our way of looking at things there is a flow this even answers that earlier question of motivation so everything is functioning to its optimum anyways without even identification or without that whole individual goals per se sun sun doesn't take sunday or tree doesn't say that i want fruit this year or everything is just perfect and is there any individual sense of motivation there absolutely rajana you are right it's very effort. interesting because i think there's the effort uh, so basically the word brahman is the word that conceals basically the fact that there is nothing beneath it If you think there is something, then you need to find why it is absent. But when otherwise there is nothing. That is correct. But uh, when you break down the word Brahman, basically you see nothing. That's why Yagvul ke ask Gargi, do not ask what is beneath the name Brahman. Don't go too far in that. But why did he do that? Why did he have to warn her? Well, that's another matter. And here's the thing. If you did, yeah, because because because, if you, because you know what? I would say Binduji. If you can. If you did, if you did, knew that yato vacho nivartande aprapya manasa saha. A question was beyond that, so Yatnevalka yes, didn't say that, that is, way. So he said that. Yes, and there is only one experience. If you do, that is how Ashwamedha is done. That is what is explained in the first Adhyaya, second Brahmana of Rudraga Upanishad. That is death that acquires a self and a body. so basically all desire comes out from that only yeah so the other part of her question was uh, or the next statement she makes is that the true mission of the individual consists in being a luminous center of the absolute increasing self manifestation by resolving dualities in a true fulfillment and delight what's your comment on that it's a statement i thought it's a statement rather than a question 
Right, but so I want you to comment on the statement. No comments. Yeah, I mean, hey, um, I, I have to go, but I just wanted to let you know, guys, you know, there's a good room, and uh, I think there's a, a thank you, profound Lama. truth there. So good to speak. Thank you, Lama. Yeah, thanks, Lama, for coming. Uh, welcome again, and uh, your uh, questions and comments were really insightful. Welcome. Thank you. Great. Thanks for responding. All right. Bye. Yeah. So, Bindo, you've got you. So then, in terms of maybe it's a discussion, is is that I. Uh, I don't. I can't accept this this statement. It's this this statement that that she's presenting is uh, is just a an idea. It, it there's no foundation. Maybe there's some there's some uh, uh, foundation in scripture, but you know to know thyself or something like that. But it, that's it seems arbitrary. That that the ultimate freedom is is to not have to worry about knowledge of the self. So, please, what's your comment on it? If you have knowledge of the self, nothing to worry about. If you don't have it, you should know what is your what's your true nature. What you call it as yourself. What is that? Is it the body? Is it the mind? Is it the individuality? You need to find an answer for that. No. Yeah, but do you think that there is some absolute mission of the of the so-called individual? No. The if the mission is there, if the individual thinks it is separate and individual. But if it knows the reality, there is no individuality. Therefore, there is no mission. This, I think is an important part to highlight. You know, if if the so-called individual, you know, believes that that the the great mission for that role is to become a great violinist or uh you know a pianist uh or a botanist and that becomes the life work and and the so-called obsession then that is that's the ultimate f form of creativity and freedom and and you know that so-called individual anything else sorry i think individual is also an exhibition of Existence. Yes. But that was a really nice session, Bindo. Okay. Thank you all. My time. So on Monday, we'll start the seventh chapter of Chandukya. Monday it's or a beautiful thing. I love that chapter particularly. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite. Monday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Same time. Okay. Biloji, do you, yeah. do you think we will we can have another Q and A section somewhere after chapter yeah, between, seven? Or? Yeah, between after now seven, and, yeah. and Wednesday. Do you think between okay. now and Wednesday? Um, no, there's, no, no, uh, no. <laughs> I think we better after seven. After chapter seven, we can have one. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is is that you're refusing to be, to debate me on the, on the Nadi event. <laughs> Nadis, you go through your, if you have got the recording, go through it again. I am telling you very clearly, the questions are leading questions to short, narrow it down. And then it will say it starts with a letter S or letter which starts with an F or letter starts with a P. Is to bring you narrow down to that. And then they will, common names they will throw out. And one of them will hit the bull. Bullseye. You can't start the debate as you're leaving. I mean, this has to be a yeah. full-on full-on debate. So yeah, okay, we, yeah, we'll we'll do it some other day.
let's let's do it but you have to bring let's but but you have to bring but you have to bring your recording and play it to so that stop i'll stop it everything in between and prove you where you're going wrong do you speak tamil yeah you do you speak, speak. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guruji that was a wonderful thank session you. thank you for thank sharing. you thank you thank you bindu ji thank you bindu ji thank you bindu ji